Okay. Welcome back to Dear God Love Me, the podcast. I am your host, Ro McKenzie, and the author of Dear God Love Me, Volumes 1 and 2. And we have a special guest with us today. I'm not even going to introduce her at all. I'm just going to let her introduce herself. I just love her so, so much. And yeah, so tell us who you are. My name is Nikki Wilson. I'm just a regular chick. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. I guess I'm the first lady of King Chapel. That makes me a little bit different. And I'm, I'm an educator. So, okay. That's me. She's so many other things, but I appreciate your modesty. It's one of the many things that I love about you. Thank um, you. Let's dive in. Let's. Okay, we're talking today about relinquishing control. Um, and, okay, so I, I think when I wrote the letter, relinquishing control, it was, I was kind of in a place where I, I was trying to control, I'm always trying to control stuff, right? And, and fix it and maneuver it. So it's just so, so that I can make sure that I do things the way that they need to be done. But I'm finding out, um, the more I get into my salvation and this walk and even being a wife, being a mom, being whatever, it's less and less of that that I need, right? Especially being a believer. I have to learn how to let go and allow God to do things. Um, and so I think we were, well, I'm excited to hear about your experiences with this topic and what it means to you and and what you've kind of gone through. I think this topic is a great topic because I think it defines what most people go through. Okay. Right? I think everybody wants to control the outcome or control the narratives in their lives. I think that's just typical of us being human. Yeah. Right? I want to make sure everything is perfect because perfection is what we strive to, right? We want to be perfect. But we know that we cannot be perfect. Right. The Bible tells us there's nothing perfect but God. And so we still strive for that perfection in our lives and having everything in its right order and in its right place. And I think oftentimes when we do that, we take away God's power and authority in our lives. And we overrule some of the things. And it makes us go in circles. Maybe. Yeah, right. Um, because we're not giving him the space to just be God and be what he is, sovereign, Right. So I found myself so much in this because I'm a person who likes order and structure. Mm -hmm. um, I like things a certain way. I would say I would people will call me extra, but I say I'm very particular okay. about how I present myself um, in this world. Like, period. Um, so I think that me wanting to be presented in a certain way takes a lot of you know me allowing God to rule and reign in my life and sometimes I don't like sometimes there's moments where I take over and God is not even in the concept at all <laughs> no right and not I'm at like, all. like I'm not even considering him. like yo who yeah. are you like right now but um there are many moments where those lessons where I did not allow God to do what he's supposed to do in my life brought me to places and situations that really changed um, a lot of things in my life that made me understand why I need him. I love that. The more, I guess. So I think 
you have to be who you are. Humanity brings you to what you, who you are, right? And then those lessons you learn from not allowing God to be God mm-hmm. brings you back to God. Mm-hmm. And then you see, okay, all right, you're in charge. Like, right. Kind of thing. Fine. Yeah, fine. Go if ahead. Insist. <laughs> do what you want to do. Right, right, right. So annoying, but okay. So but, annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's... No, I feel that, for real. Because it's like... It, but I think what what's beautiful about him allowing us to go in those circles, like it's the like on a merry-go-round, like you're passing the same mm-hmm. thing over and over and over again, and it's like, why I keep seeing this, mm-hmm. like until it finally clicks. And for me, it's like one of those. It's like an overarching, like I know that I need to let God be in control, but at the same time, it's like, nah, I got it. Like, don't worry about it. I'll do this mm-hmm. part for you, but. I be out here failing. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's, it's silly, really. And my experience has been that because it's like, you want to be in control so bad. You want to be grown so bad. Girl, and you out here failing. Yeah. Just let me do it. Um, But sometimes it's difficult and it's very annoying. So I'm yeah. glad that <laughs> we every, share that sentiment. Every life has its challenges. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge for me is literally the time okay. it takes for God to do things in my life. Um, it's all about time, like for me. Like, you're not doing it in the time that I want you to do it. Like, speed it up, Scotty. Like, kind of <laughs> So because he's taking his time yeah. to move, he's taking his time to do things, I'm like, let me speed you up. Let me help you with the process. Let me get you to the, you know, the place where you need to be. So I can get what I need, right? And really, it's about time for me. I think I'm just not patient. Mm. I think that's one of the fruit of the spirit that I struggle with. Um, I'm patient in certain things, but not patient with in other ways. Like, I could wait for my husband to finish counting millions of dollars, but I can't be patient for God to move in my life in a situation, Right. right? It's like there's levels of patience that I have. And then there's levels of patience that I don't. And I'm still striving to get all those levels balanced. I'm still striving for balance. Um, I think us moving into this, this, this realm of pastoring has been a real challenge for me because things are not moving the way I would want them to move. Right. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not seeing things the way I wanted to see. And it's teaching me to be patient and rely on God. And when he moves, to be so grateful. Yeah. To just be grateful. Yeah. And just tell him I'm so grateful. <laughs> right. Every time. Because right. I've, pr- I've been praying for years for certain things that God has not manifested. But I know that he will come through in his season. In due season, right? We were weak mm-hmm. if we don't faint. It's the fainting part that I have problem with. No, I, I feel yeah. that. And I, I honestly, I kid you not, was having a conversation today about like how long is long suffering? Like, because, yeah, I know we're supposed to have patience. I know it's let patience have her perfect work. That you may be completing mm-hmm. into. I got no you. No scriptures, yes. Got you. But how, like, how do I know in waiting for certain things, how do I know when I need to continue to wait or when is it really time to let go of this? Like, how do you know? How, how do I know that? I think you just know. When it's time, you know. I think you just know. I, I, I've i never experienced... I've experienced a lot of... I think for me, 
I experienced a lot of hardship in relationships with others, right? Okay. And you just want to hold on to it because it's, it's you know, you just, it's literally like going through a divorce, right? I say this all the time. Like, when relationships cease or things happen in your life, um, it's literally like a, a, like a season of, like, un- uncertainty, right? I hate not knowing. Like, that's the worst thing. Like, I don't like not knowing what's going to happen. Right. It gives me so much anxiety right um and i think that's the problem like not knowing is what people search for that's why people go to prophetic movements and like that's why they go to the prophet because they want to know god what is going to happen next right because if i know what's going to happen next my body my mind my soul will come into alignment right and god is saying to us listen it doesn't matter what happened next just seek ye first the kingdom Right. And all these things shall be added right. unto you, right? Your your job is to seek first the kingdom. Ask me. Have a relationship with me. You say it in the in that that God has to be forefront on your mind. You have to ask God. Yeah, for that, what juice should I drink today, God? Right, like, right, what right. What juice should I drink? Like, what food should I have today, God? We're not doing that. And I think that if we had God so much readily in our minds on a daily day uh, on day to day basis, I think we wouldn't make so many errors. Yeah. Because we're not asking him. Like, we're not saying God, you know. Oh, most times people call on God when the situation has gone to dire straits and now you need him. Right, right. But if I can handle this on my own, I'm going to do it on my own yeah. until I need you, Jesus. <laughs> right, like, right. You know, I don't really need you right now. I got right. this, right? I got it. <laughs> and the only time we seek God is when we're in crisis. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. We should seek him when we're in crisis. We should seek him when we're not in crisis. We can see- seek him when we're at the happiest moments of our life. We should right. seek him in the morning when we wake up, when we go to bed, when we brush in our teeth. We should be talking to him like, yeah, hey, yo, yo. You know, yeah. how, how long should I brush my teeth? Like, you know, right. <laughs> right. it should be that. It's that simple and that crazy. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. And when we do that. You have such a connectivity, a, such a uh, 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 relationship with him because you're talking to him every day. And he's mm-hmm. talking back to you. He's giving you... Listen, when I take time to talk to God, he always speaks. I'm telling you, he always gives me direction. He always leads me. But I have to take those moments. Right. And sometimes life gets in the way. Like I have a lot, thing, a lot of things going on. I'm doing a lot of stuff. Sometimes that gets in the way of those moments. I, I think that... I think Jonathan um, McReynolds said it but I'll make room for you. Like, yeah. I'll take a moment and spend time with you because that is essential to me having an understanding of what to do each and every day. Right. Right. So really, like, the more you talk to him, the more you commune with him, the more you initiate conversation, the more you realize you don't really have that much control anyway. So it's just <laughs> seeking him for him to guide you. Absolutely. The right way. I love that. And I did tease my sister. Like I said in the letter, I teased her a little bit. Um, Because my sister's so like, God, should I inhale now? (laughs) Okay, should I hold it and now exhale? But, like, conceptually, that's that's the right idea. Like Like, a child. Like a child. Like a child. Like a child. That's why I like children. Yeah. They're so simplistic. They are. They teach us so much in their simplicity. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why I get along with them most than adults. <laughs> no, seriously. I would prefer being in a room full of kids mm-hmm. than adults. And some people are like, oh, you're crazy. They're wild and crazy. But they're so simplistic. Yeah. And they want guidance. Yes. Unlike adults. They right. want to know everything. 
Nobody can tell you nothing. Right. That's right. why I love it. Kids do love structure. They love structure, they love order, and they want to be guided. I love that. They do. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because you're an educator, a little babies. And, like, how do you see some of those parallels between the way we should be with God and the way they are, like, in your classroom? I think in my classroom, I think my kids are so receptive. Okay. They're so, I see it. Um, I don't see it initially. I see it when they I meet with their parents and they tell me, oh, Miss Wilson told me to do it this way, and that's the way I'm going to do it. And... You can't. The parents like, but no, no, this is another way. No, but Miss Wilson told me to do it this way. <laughs> and this is the way we should do it. Mm-hmm. It's because they seek my approval. They seek my guidance. And once I say this is how we do it, they follow that. And so, I, not that I love it, but I love the fact that they are um, uh, taking it in. Yeah. And then transferring it um, to their parents in a sense, like telling their parents, no, no, A, Apple, ah, mom. Like, you know, <laughs> like that. I love that they do that. Um, and I see it as my, um, it's my call, it's my passion to just encourage, enrich, um, cultivate their genius. And, and literally whatever they have, whatever gifting, wherever area that they are good in I want to cultivate that and encourage it like we do this thing in my classroom in the beginning of the first day I do who are you right and I say who are you and most of them just tell me their name right and then I say who are you and I give them affirmations like amazing who are you smart who are you gifted who are you brave who are you and we do this all the time and every time all those moments when they feel like I can't do something or they come to me I can't I say who are you and I tell me who you are and they recite those things. And then, so be that. So if you're brilliant, you're brave, you're all those things, go and be that. Go do your writing. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I do it. That's how my classroom is run. Because I feel like if I tell them, if I affirm them, and they know who they are, then they can go anywhere and be that. Anywhere they go. Yeah. When they, and when they leave me and go to first grade, and they're feeling a little overwhelmed, I want them to remember. Who, who are, are you? you? I do it to them all the time. Yeah. I do it to them. I did it to this little girl and at the at a church and I was like I told her mom, I said, You need to tell you need to say this to her every day because she doesn't know who she is because you're not telling her who she is. Mm-hmm. You're not pouring into her. I think that's important to yeah. pour into people. Um and let them know. Because their gifts cannot listen, because gifts lie dormant when they're not they're not used like yeah. they lie dormant like god would rather bury it in the ground than to give it to somebody else and it be just prostituted in a sense like mm-hmm. not used to the full capacity so i feel like if gifts are cultivated if they're encouraged people will reach their full potential yeah and that's my job as an educator to just cultivate gifts i love that yeah that's what i do every day it's cool. I love it. <laughs> you do that for us, too. Well, I'm You're so amazing. glad that you feel that way. You're so awesome. <laughs> and I'd be like, what? Sometimes, like, if we hang up the phone, I'd be like, I just feel like, <sighs> because, like, when I'm when I'm talking to you and when we connect, like, you say a lot of things that you say to me, and you don't even know. Like, I have a hard time believing it about myself. So when you say it, I'm like, <sighs> like, it's uncomfortable, but it's also uplifting. 
And I think that um, even the way you, you handle your classroom and asking the kids, who are you? Who are you? When we go to God and he affirms us in his word. Absolutely. It's such a beautiful it's thing. Like your father told me who you are. My father right. would always greet me and he would always say to me, and I every time I, every time I, somebody did it to me, she, I was doing something at school and she was like, hi, beloved. My father would say that to me every day. Like every time I saw him, he was like, hi, beloved. And it let me know that he saw how he saw me. Like yeah. it let me know how he saw me. And I think kids need to know how you see them. I would never say you don't know anything. You're not smart. Kids have been told that all their lives. Jeez. Teachers do that. Like they, oh, you dumb. Yeah, they do that. I'm not that teacher, but that's terrible. Were you pour into something, that's what comes out. I think Pastor said that. Whatever you put in, that's what comes out. Mm-hmm. If I put in positivity and affirmation and pr- pride and um, all that stuff, that's going to come out when they talk to their friends. Who are you? When their friends tell you you're ugly, tell them who you are, right? Right. I'm not ugly. I'm beautiful. Right. My teacher told me that. My mama told me that. <laughs> tell everybody that. Right, right, Like, right. I think that's, I think it's because I was bullied as a kid. Like, okay. when you have experience, negative experience, you don't want anybody ever to, I don't think, either you are, become negative or you take that negative and turn it into a I think because I was tormented as a kid, I think that I would never want a kid to be tormented. Ever. Right, right. So I do the opposite. I love that. I teach them to be strong and courageous and to stand up for themselves and use their voice. Voice is key. Like, learning to use your voice is key. And I think that's what um, helps them turn into people who are like literally advocates for everybody else. Yeah. And you see something, you say something. Mm-hmm. And you don't let it happen again. Right. If so if somebody's doing the wrong thing, I mean, they tattle all the time, but I don't know if it's a great thing. <laughs> oh, you understand something bad. What what do you say to him? I say, go tell him what he should have said and then leave it at that. Right. right? Don't tattle. Go tell him what he should have said. And let's move. Let's move on. Right. Yeah, let's Create a world where kids are doing the right thing. We need more teachers like you. There's there's so many educators like me. I so don't know. Many. I don't know. I think you're pretty special. <laughs> I might be a little bit unique. Just, but I'm, so just many people like me. <laughs> so what's tell us one of the like tools that you lean most on when you realize that you have taken control of something and you need to realign with allowing God to take it back over. I think the number one tool is literally, is prayer. Literally, I have to pray. Okay. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, most people have to get on their knees and pray. I just literally, just wherever I am, I talk to God. It usually happens when I'm driving or when I'm in a place where I'm alone by myself. Mm -hmm. Um that's my that's my time to talk to God. Love doing it. When I used to work in the city, I still love doing it in the car because that ride was like two hours. Okay. Um, I used to always talk to God, um, or listen to my Bible on tape or something like that. Something I literally seen you break out into prayer at a restaurant. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! I wish I could remember the conversation. It's, yeah, it's right. nobody's business anyway. Literally but praying out loud. Literally, that's literally said, what I wait do. a minute. I need. God, please help me right yes. now. I need you to me. take control. And I was like, "What?" We giggled and laughed at you about it, but that's real. That's real. I really needed him in that moment. 
in real time. It's yeah, like, no, I know. That, I, I you might take come it. Silly, but I think that every moment that you need him, you should call on him. I That's love that. Friend. It's so simplistic. It is. Right? So why do we struggle with it? Because I be struggling. I'm not gonna lie. I struggle to pray. Well, not so much to pray because I talk to like I'm talking to you. I talk to God. Mm-hmm. That like, but to. To go to him and to give him acknowledge, because he's in control anyway. Yeah, but who would you go to? Like, literally, I've tried everything. Like, if okay. I go to my husband, he's probably going to say something that makes me even more mad. Like, like <laughs> okay. if I go to my mom, my mom might affirm me, but she might also piss me off. Like, it might not be the person that I need to go to. Like, when I go to God... He always sends, like, confirmation or he yeah. sends an answer. So I've tried it. Like, literally have tried to go to everybody. Like, literally. Call my mama. Call my... I, re- I re- like, call my sister. Um, what's going... You know, try to get understanding of what's going on, right? Try to get their opinion on a situation in my life. And then when I go to God, he says, this is what you should have did in the first place. Like, right. you should have just went to me. Right. Because literally, my mom is gonna like my mother's gonna tell me to pray anyway. Did you pray? That's what she and that's gonna make me mad. So because that's should, where I should have gone first. That I know my mother. She's gonna say, "Did you pray? Did you seek God for instruction?" And I'm like, and I can't lie. I'm like, no, not really. But you know, <laughs> my uh, mom always goes back to prayer. My mom always goes back to prayer. My sister's not gonna tell me to pray. But she's probably going to give me an opinion that, like, I don't even... She's probably going to tell me something that make me upset. And it's so it's like, who do you go to? Who do you turn to? Yeah. Who do you turn to when you're in a situation right. that you can't get out of? Right. G-O-D. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's who I would turn to. Sometimes it's hard to do that, though. It is. Because you really want to be in your mess. Like, you want to stay in the place that you feel... You know, justif- justified mm-hmm. and satisfied it. Yep. You know, and so you stay there, and then eventually, where do you go? Right to God. All right. Yeah, so stop fighting, y'all. Yeah. Don't be like me. Just don't be like us, because we <laughs> all do that. Uh, I hate that question. Did you pray? <laughs> Did you pray? Did you pray? <laughs> or I'm not talking about the... Um, not the question when you ask somebody to do something, they say, I'm going to pray about it. Not that. Uh-uh, uh-uh, That's uh-uh. not what I'm talking about. Uh-uh. I'm talking about when you go to a person with a situation and they ask you, mm-hmm. did you pray and seek God for direction? You have to be open and honest and say, yay or nay. It's usually nay. It's usually nay. <laughs> That's God reminding you, oh, yeah. dude, I'm over here. Right. <laughs> That's what he's... There was this, yo, this song um, by, it was a long time ago, Jessica Reedy. You may or may not know her. She was on, I think, Sunday Best or American Idol or something like that. And basically the song is, I think it's called What About Me? And it's really talking about, like, you went to this one, you went to that one, Mm -hmm. you went to... What about me? And it, like, when I first heard it, I was like, ooh, that's a good question. But it's, it's real. How do you feel, like, I think about this, like, I feel like I hate feeling left out. I, do you hate feeling left out? I do. I hate feeling left out in a situation. There's often times where I felt left out, like unaware. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows, but I don't know. I mm-hmm. hate that feeling. It's the worst feeling. 
Not that God is unaware because he knows everything. Right. But can you imagine him feeling the way we feel right. when we don't seek after him? Right, right. That's how I equate that. I like that. Well, I think I think we'll wrap here. Did you pray? We we want to know, did y'all pray? Okay? Because I'm tired of being asked, did I pray? Because most of the time I didn't pray first before I asked someone. But I, I really, um, I just love you. And I thank I you for you coming too. and having this dialogue with me. Thank you for having me. I feel honored by the invitation. Stop. I feel like I'm a part of something that's going to be major. I, I pray so. I, I really, want it to be major. Me too. Let's pray. I, Let's pray right now. <laughs> I just, I want to help people connect to God. Yes. That's what this is. It's yes. Like a, it's like what we should all do. I don't know if my loves would be as nice and concise, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but that's something that we all should do. We should always go to God. Yeah. Dear God. It's me again. It's me again. Hello. How are you? Hey. Yeah. How come I'm not getting on your nerves? This Here is I a really again. great concept. And I think there's something that makes people understand that there's a level of vulnerability that you have to have with God. Mm-hmm. That you could, you, you, it's a safe place to be with God. You might not be vulnerable with everybody, but with God, it's cool. Yeah. It's all right. It and is. I think that's what this book expresses in so many ways. Thank you. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, Thank you for joining us. And I'll I'll probably ask you to come back for season two or three. Or both. I hope you accept. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So we'll see you again soon, guys. Bye. Bye. Dear God, Love Me, the podcast is produced by Ro McKenzie with support from the following team. Executive Producer, Paul McKenzie. Editing, video recording, and audio production by Devir Mohan. Artwork by Upward Designs. Music by Jay Allen. If you'd like to support Dear God Love Me, the podcast, you can visit us on the web at www.deargodloveme.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.